0: Welcome to Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, naturalist John Chaust and Brian Cunningham.
1: Hi everyone, I'm John Chaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. And welcome to episode 29. Father's Day is on the horizon, so guess what? We're going to talk about award-winning bird dads.
0: Well, John, you and I have talked a little bit through some of the episodes about how we ourselves are dads. Did you know that bird dads actually can kind of make mammal dads look like slackers? <laughs> so stay tuned and learn all about it. You bet. Stick around for the fun, everybody.
1: Okay, Brian, here we go. It's it's still spring out there. Lots of cool things happening. Today, we're going to concentrate on talking about some of the really cool things that bird fathers do in regards to helping raise their young. Actually, some oh, of the yeah. award-winning ones that we've kind of kind of come up with on our own, some of the award-winning birds. <laughs> uh, but as always, one of the things we like to do just for a few minutes before we get into our main topic is to talk about what we're seeing and doing and experiencing in our own backyard. So what's been up at your place? Oh man,
0: that's right. You know, it's a great time to talk about bird dads. We got the families bouncing around in the backyard. My bluebirds yep. dad has been teaching the young where to find food. And now they have learned quite well, have the little babies that come up and I got a little window feeder and they're coming right up to the feeder now. So that's been really,
1: really fun to watch. Yeah. You've had a lot of fun with that this year. That's been very cool.
0: Oh, that has been so much fun. And the chickadees have been nesting and now the babies are out and multiple chickadees and they're all chattering as they fly around feeding. They can Uh, be
1: so noisy. It's amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Constantly. It's just that chatter, you know, it kind of reminds me when you got a house full of kids and everyone's running around and And then when everyone's gone, it's that that quiet. Yeah. So, But I had an Oriole that was carrying (laughs) nesting material. But I know, and I'm really excited because, man, that'd be awesome. My wife gets so excited about that. She's like, we got to find out where they're nesting. We haven't found it yet. But um, you had a really cool Oriole thing happen. I'm I'm so
1: geeked. I can't even express myself. It's really cool. I had a pair of uh, Baltimore Orioles last year, last summer. that's Nest. so cool. Coming to and from my feeder multiple times a day, and just put on a heck of a show all summer long. And as fall came, as just in you know before they start heading back to to Central America, I did put my nets up, and I caught both the male and the female, and got a band on them. Well, guess what? My male, my one that nested here last year, showed up between about a couple, of, you know, probably about 10 days ago. And it just, actually, you and I were on a meeting, a Zoom meeting, and I just went, Brian, it's in the backyard. I couldn't believe it. It was so cool. And and uh, I don't, the, I have not seen the, the bandit female. So she he must be paired up because I do see a pair and they do appear to be nesting right now because I'm finding those little fibers. Sometimes oh, they yeah. carry the little fibers that they weave their nest out of, but they'll come and get mm-hmm. a uh, hit off the the orange or the nectar feeder and you find those little fibers on your on your feeder. And right. uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure they're nesting because they're carrying nesting material. Uh, but uh, he must have paired up with a different female uh, this okay. year. And Could that's be. the cool Could part be. about banding. You know, that sucker traveled 7,000 miles, roughly. He went down to Central America, possibly Costa Rica, spent the winter, turned around and came all the way back here to my backyard, exactly Your where backyard. it was last year. Knew exactly where the feeders were. I'm sorry. Birds
0: are way cool. Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's like we were talking about in uh, that previous podcast, all about migration. Yeah like you just said to be able to come back to the exact same spot yeah Uh, but what about bird dads bird parents
1: and bird dads in specific really are phenomenal parents compared to some of the other critters that are out there and you mentioned mammals Mm -hmm. and here's a stunning (laughs) statistic only 5% of all mammals, you know, we're talking on everything from, you know, mice to foxes to whatever, uh, you know, to humans, only 5% of all the mammal species out there actually have fathers who participate in raising their young.
0: Oh, even in the humans? I mean, come on. Well, really? not, well hopefully, not, <laughs> not that. Well, hopefully, it's not but, that little. But the bottom line,
1: most of the mammal species do not participate in raising their young. And yet, conversely... Ninety percent of birds, male birds, participate in raising their young, either by 90, helping. Five percent nine, versus ninety percent. Isn't that mind that, blowing?
0: That is you know, insane. <laughs> yeah,
1: they do it from everything—from obviously helping to build the nest, helping to feed the the female while she's you know on the eggs, helping to incubate the eggs, helping to feed the young after they you know hatch out and and fledge. So that's um, I had never seen that. Straight of a statistic that compared mammal species wow. to bird species,
0: that's a pretty stunning <laughs> difference. Yeah, when we come back, we're going to be talking all about the different award winning bird dads. Insert applause here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> have to get Evan to put some really good music behind <laughs> us on this, you know.
0: <laughs> I guess instead of, yeah, birds don't have fans so
1: wing flapping, <laughs> <laughs> feather, feather flapping.
0: <laughs> Let's start with maybe the proud provider. Since we have so many bird dads, 90% of these male birds are participating. And this is a good general category. The proud provider award could go to two different families, maybe the chickadee as well as the nuthatch families, where dad is helping to feed in in many different respects. Because when mom's sitting on the nest, dad is helping feed her while she's sitting and incubating the eggs and she's brooding the eggs um, and dad then once those eggs hatch both mom and dad are helping to feed the young while they're still in the nest even after they leave helping them find food giving them food themselves, trying to show them new places. So kind of that proud provider award. You
1: know, there's probably a lot of birds out there that could, could have this same mm-hmm. award when you get right down to it because that is a fairly uh, regular MO, if you will, of, of uh, behavior for a lot of birds. To watch these parent birds, whether it's the bluebirds or the chickadees, orioles, uh, chasing <laughs> chasing their young around after they fledged <laughs> and feeding them. And, you know, the the, the little, little uh, fledglings are sitting there just Chipping away, just begging to be fed. It's (laughs) it's just a little.
0: Feed me notes, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly all the different me, sounds, the high, high pitch, the low pitch. Usually, it's a usually it's a higher pitch of. <laughs> it's incessant,
1: right? It's exactly right, and actually, one of the follow-up would be, you know, we talked, we we kind of came up with a giving mom a break award, <laughs> <laughs> right. for a dad, and it kind of has to do with the same thing because we talk about again those parent uh, fathers, men uh, quite often, and especially if it's a bird that does a second nesting uh dad takes over after those birds came out of the nest and one of the things you see quite often at your feeders is things like uh woodpeckers and, and goldfinches bringing their youngsters mm-hmm. dad especially mm-hmm. bringing their youngsters to uh to learn how to feed at the different feeders especially right. the suet for the woodpeckers and the the uh niger seed and and uh, sunflower chips for the for the goldfinches so that's a give yeah. mom a break and take them out to dinner while she's busy <laughs> right. doing other things.
0: I always kinda I was kinda of, kind of think it's like mom doesn't want to cook and says, Dad, it's your turn. And it's the typical, hey kids, let's go out to eat, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Absolutely. A lot of fun to watch. And that's that's actually coming up here you know, as we get farther into the summer. That is gonna be really one of the payoffs of backyard bird feeding is to watch that level of activity going mm-hmm. on in your feeders. It is just a hoot to watch these inexperienced young birds trying to land on feeders and Brad trying to coax them onto a feeder. I've watched that before. And, and they're, they're clumsy and they're not very, very talented. So it's just, it's just, when you talk about entertainment. Uh, that's very entertaining when you're a backyard bird
0: feeder. How about our next award? Okay. The sharp dressed man award <laughs> looking stylish, right? Drum roll, please. <laughs> Ladies love a sharp dressed man. It's the same in the bird world, right? Get all gussied up. Well, there are some birds that really, really—the sharper and more colorful you are, yeah—the better chance you have at finding a mate.
1: So, I mean, the the most extreme, and I apologize because this is this is kind of a remote, but the, the bird of paradise birds, oh. the species—if you've you've probably everybody's seen this video somewhere along the line of these extremely beautiful metallic, you know, colored birds and they can put their feathers in all kinds of different shapes and positions and they dance back and forth. And now there probably is the all time winner of the sharpest dressed award oh, uh, of yeah. any bird.
0: But locally <laughs> here in North America, what is your pick, Brian? Ah, backyard feeder birds. You know, actually it's gonna have to be the Finch family, okay. I would think. Because you look at the finches, whether it's the gold finches, house finches, purple finches, Cassin's finches, they get those reds and yellows, and and the the more color you have, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and most people, I get it. Everyone's saying, "Really, the finches, the most beautiful colored." But if you're a bird, this this <laughs> is this That's is good it. To me. This is yeah. Because the brighter you are, it actually means a few different things. Yeah. The brighter and the more color. Okay, now we're getting into the the female's perspective. You're brighter and more colorful? That means you know how to find food when it counts. And why is that, Brian? Well, you know, when you are growing out your feathers as a bird, color is, that's the only time color gets deposited in the feathers while it's growing. And the foods that you're eating, like different berries and other foods, will have a, a, a component called carotenoids. In them, Or it'll have other components. Yeah, the pigments. Uh, and so it's basically, it's the pigments. Mm-hmm. And so the yellows and oranges and reds and sometimes violets, the carotenoid pigments, that's what creates those colors. And as you're growing your feathers, that color, according to your genetics and the foods, deposits those colors in your feathers. And so if you have a great food source, you know the right kinds of foods to be eating while you're molting and growing your new feathers... Then you know how to be a good provider.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a subtle signal to the female mm-hmm. that you know what you're doing and you're going to be a great provider for your family. Yep. I don't care what it means when you see those <laughs> dull olive drab goldfinches in the wintertime and they start turning that lemon yellow come spring oh, and yeah. turn that This time of year, they're just vivid lemon yellow with the mm-hmm. black jet black wings and cap. Oh, the contrast. They're just one. beautiful and it's great to mm-hmm. have them in your backyard. Indeed. it's not so colorful but i'm going to give it an award anyway because mm-hmm. i think it's very cool in the sense of <laughs> the best builder award oh. now there's a lot of birds that qualify for making the best nest and the best building and there's a lot of you know it's, it's kind of like you know if 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 you are uh you know, i have to I have to say if there if you know when you're kind of in the dating game if you mm-hmm. go to somebody's house and you meet them and, you know, and it's this beautiful home, it's like, <laughs> wow, this this ah, yeah. person's got their act together. This is very cool. And then you go to another person's house and it's kind of, you know, like they're still in college. <laughs> 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 then you might think, well, Okay, I don't know about this. (laughs) You know, you kinda judge people on the house they keep and then and Mm -hmm, how they mm -hmm. how they build their house. Well the house wren, appropriately named, is a way cool bird. Because it comes back and it comes back probably a week, if not two weeks, before the female, and it starts building homes and it builds them everywhere. I don't know, Brian, what do you think? I mean,
0: how many sticks oh, per nest? Oh my goodness, sticks per nest. Well, the interesting thing is, I agree, John, number one, this little brown bird is just yeah. a little brown bird with a huge voice that uh, they they make little dummy nests. They they basically start the foundation. They, they start to build out that little home and they do it in so many different cavities. Yeah, and so the female comes back. Yeah, and...
1: <laughs> And and Dad takes the mom around to all the different places that he's built, to let her pick what which one she likes the best. Mm-hmm. And then they finish that one off. And then the dummy nests stay there and keep other birds from using those nesting cavities and boxes, and keeps the competition down. So yeah. it's a, it's a good strategy.
0: You know, John, talking about being a best builder. You know, you, you need tools to be a good builder, right? Construction and such. So I know that whole Father's Day thing. A lot of times. You know, back in the day, it used to be get dad a tie, right? Who wears ties anymore? <laughs> tools. Tools, tools. Tools. Give me tools. That's right. So we've got the award for, yeah, the best dad tool user. Because whoever knew that birds actually would use tools? You don't have hands. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. That's a minor problem. <laughs> it's kind of hard to hold, you know, a <laughs> screwdriver or a wrench and your feathers. I don't know. But bird dads, there are, there are some bird dads that dig tools. You look yeah. into the nuthatch family. And what's amazing is they're actually known to use a tool to find food. Maybe they find a little stick and then they use that to pry bark off of the tree. Open up enough so they can look inside there and look for insects. How in the world did they learn to do that? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> that, that bill just wasn't long enough to get under it. dog I can't get in there far How enough do to get, get that. No, I know I do. what's in there. Well, maybe the stick will work. Maybe, maybe it's an ingenuity award then instead of a tool award. I mean, because the thing, just go. that I ingenuity. Like that. Of, I like oh, that. Yeah. But then they're, you know, so brown-headed nuthatches will do that, or they'll even pick up a, a, a flake of mm-hmm. bark off of a pine tree, which pine bark is easy to grab in little bits and use that to flake, you know, open up little areas, but the white breast did not hatch. Interesting tool that they use while they're nesting. It's (laughs) not necessarily (laughs) a monkey wrench. (laughs) Well, kind of. It's not a mammal tool. It's actually an insect tool. (laughs) They actually take like stink bugs and all these other insects and crush them and so that they're stinky and put that around their entrance hole. To their nest to help <laughs> deter squirrels and and potentially other predators, or they'll use pine sap or tree. Usually, it's a pine or spruce sap. Yeah, because that get, you can you can grab little balls of that, and it's super sticky. Just that resin, and they'll put it around the entrance hole. And the the idea what we think is going on <laughs> is maybe it helps deter other bird predators or potentially even snakes with that stickiness. Um, but now there's use, a dedicated
1: father to
0: I'm right. <laughs> like a stink bug and
1: <laughs> right. rubbing around the entrance to your nest, and you got to go in and out. Of course, they say birds have a very, very poor sense of smell in most right. cases, so I'm, I'm
0: assuming the nuthatch is one of those because they have a very good sense of smell. I would think so. I would think so. But, you know, how do they How do they get past all that stinky or sticky sap? Yeah,
1: yeah. Entering just the, fly right in, just... Blow little past it yeah <laughs> you know it's it brings it to mind too i hope everybody's had a chance at some point on the and, and i'm sure you could probably do a, a a search uh and and come up with crows crow videos about mm-hmm. crows using tools crows yeah. do unbelievable yep. things people have set up all these different tests for crows because they're really intelligent and and different scientists and orthologists have been testing their their intelligence to solve problems mm-hmm. And there's been obstacle courses and all kinds of stuff to set up for these crows, and they are able to take a stick and work it down a tube to push out, you know, a piece of food or whatever. I mean, they are incredible tool users too. Oh,
0: and problem solvers. So, yeah, yeah maybe we should change that to the ingenuity award. There you. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot.
1: Well, can we also talk about the rock star dab? Oh, yeah, yeah, rock star dab like rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> and this is really, you know, birds. You know, they attract mates primarily through singing. So mm-hmm. they actually can be Little. rock star singers. Yeah, and some of, I mean, amazing. It reminds piece. me of college and guitars
0: and the guys with the guitars. <laughs> always got the
1: girls right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of the we all know the variety of sounds that come out of birds, the different, you know, uh, songs and calls and chip notes and every. It's just an amazing variety and amazing different levels of pitches and and repetitions and that type of thing. Um, you know, like right yeah. in the last couple of weeks, we've had a lot of the thrushes migrating through. We've uh, had vireos mm-hmm. with their lyrical you know, downward spiral humming. There it is. There it is. And we've had wood thrushes that, that and we do have wood thrush that nest here in Indiana. Unbelievably uh, beautiful, beautiful songs. But it's all, it's not just about the beauty of the song. It's, it's for females, just like you had talked mm-hmm. about in the sense of the coloration, right? Being a signal to the female of a very capable potential partner singing, does the exact same thing and one of the best examples is our song sparrow very common all across all of north america very <laughs> and common very sparrow very
0: aptly named yeah
1: song sparrow mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it you know
0: this this bird will do 2000
1: 2500 songs a day repetitions of some, the song a day to try wow. to attract a female and what's amazing is there's a there's a thing called the the dawn song where
0: mm. you know at I the very the
1: dawn song. first light or actually even probably in some cases before first light you start hearing a cacophony of all the birds singing to, to basically hold their territory and tell all the males to stay out of my territory, but also to attract the female, and if you think of it, these birds have fasted all night long. They are running on no reserve food whatsoever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and for two or even three hours they will sit there and sing. A you know a song about every ten seconds and every fifteen seconds over and over and over and over and if that's, I'm a female that's boy, yeah yeah so if I'm a female watching this or listening to this I'm going hey Charlie <laughs> over there is doing a really nice job and he's got a lot of endurance he's able to do this over and over I think I mm-hmm. might go check out Charlie and see you know see if he and I can uh, you know make some future together
0: there you go
1: so very cool.
0: There is a whole new scenario here that so many of the offspring learn yeah. their song from dad or maybe the uncles, so to speak, mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. the the other males in the area. Uh, so it's really important that they have that bird dad around that's singing so they can learn those songs. Uh, I just was out doing a little bird watching and I heard a song sparrow singing And it was fascinating because it sounded like there was a song Sparrow singing and it sounded like there was a Vireo. There are different kinds of Vireos that live up in the trees and they do a a harsh little call note. That's kind of like a really poor imitation of it. But that's the concept. (laughs) It was the song Sparrow. It had learned that call note. And so as it started to sing, it would throw that call in and was spot on. Yeah. Nice. So they're really good <laughs> imitators too. When they pick up something and blend it into their song. And the really cool part is all these song sparrow's do have their own individual yeah. song repertoire because they learn from all, you know, learn from dad and listen to some other males. And when they say, okay, I've got all these different ideas, then they piece together their own version. And so it's unique to them. Yeah. So, John, I love that award, that Rockstar Award, because, hey, (laughs) you're composing, you are performing. (laughs) There's so much that goes into it. It seems so complicated.
1: Yeah. And it it is. I I think I read the same study you recently read, too. And the fact that if the father's not there, the quality of the song is going to be probably less able to attract a female because it didn't learn – The precision of that song, right? That that species needs to sing to really trigger a female to go, oh, (laughs) there's Charlie Mm -hmm. over there. Yeah, I like uh, that. It it is a real important (laughs) thing for the father to teach the to the yeah. And that's a cool thing, you know. When you think about birds, when it comes right down to it, uh, you know, birds are really they are like people in many ways, in the sense Mm of you know they're teaching fathers are teaching the young about how to sing the song. The, the youngsters are learning. Birds can solve problems like what you're talking about with the tools. And they make the tools. You know, they can literally remember where things are. They hide things and, and come back. They, they will... Cheat and deceive (laughs) their mates or other birds when they're hiding, you know, caching food or that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So they do share an awful lot of different traits in regards to you know our our own behavior and our own traits. Definitely. Let's get to the the number one Father of the Year Award, twenty twenty one, and the drum roll is the Downy Woodpecker. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Why the Downy, the Downy Woodpecker? what's so cool about that?
0: Bob? Oh man, you know the Downy Woodpeckers—they're all across North America. One tough little bird, but Dad himself—that uh, once those eggs hatch, Dad sits in the cavity with the nestlings at night, mm-hmm. and Mom gets—Mom gets to take a break and be yeah. like, "All right, you got the kids. She, she's got the daytime <laughs> duties,
1: and he's got the nighttime
0: duties." Yep. Yeah. And of course, he's still bringing food. He brings her food, and once the, the the babies have hatched, then he's still helping bring them food. So lots of duties that he picks up and steps yeah. up to really help out and take care of the family, raising that family.
1: Although I would almost say that they might also be qualified for the best teamwork award because they really do yeah they really do do almost everything jointly they share the responsibility for raising those young Mm -hmm. as what you already mentioned some some males only participate in certain parts they help build a nest or they help incubate or they help you know feed the young or feed you know different things Mm -hmm. but in this case the downy and both the male and female do pretty much all of it together all right brian what do you think have we given out enough awards for one show
0: I think we have. It's been really fun just walking through some of these awards and talking about these birds and all these bird dads. 90% of bird dads are helping out versus yeah. the 5% of the mammal dads. You know, I agree with you. I think that
1: the whole purpose of the show was to kind of put these birds in a different light. And I sure know that, you know, some of the things we talked about were, you know... Um, kind of news to, to folks and, and, maybe never heard of it before. And it really does put these birds when you're watching and that's the whole thing. It's all about watching the birds in your backyard and around your, your neighborhood. If
0: you want to learn more about other topics or you weren't quite sure about this particular topic, <laughs> let us know, rate and review us, leave your reviews. We read every single one of them. We love hearing from you. And it's, it's always so much fun to see what y'all are saying what you're saying about us and please let us know what else you'd like to hear.
1: Yeah, Brian, we really do enjoy that. I truly, truly enjoy reading all the the different comments and the the feedback that we get. So please give us more, give us more and be sure to join us next time. When we plan to share a topic about, we did dads today. So we got to talk about baby birds next time. So generation B talking about baby birds will be our topic, but as always until then, We're going to let nature be our guide. Take
0: care and be safe. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Nature Centered. To subscribe to this podcast, for show notes, or to connect with the Wild Birds Unlimited store nearest you, visit wbu.com slash podcast. Until we meet again, take some time to relax, enjoy the birds, get out in your backyard, and stay nature-centered.